Outdoor Explorer. I'm your host, Martha Rosenstein. On today's show, we're talking about enjoying coffee in the outdoors. First, you'll hear from Tim Gravel, who is the co-owner of Kaladi Coffee, about his favorite backcountry coffee brewing method, as well as some ideas for making coffee on your next camping trip. Then you'll hear from Gina Shively, who is a pilot and an avid outdoors woman, about her attempts to find a good backcountry coffee option and what she's currently using to keep her caffeinated while she's out hunting. Keep listening for more on Outdoor Explorer. My guest today is Tim Gravel, and we're going to be talking about a topic that is near and dear to my heart, coffee. And who better to talk about this topic than Tim, as he is the co-owner of Kaladi Brothers Coffee, one of the largest coffee roasters in Alaska. They have 16 locations across the state and one in Seattle, Washington. So welcome to Outdoor Explorer, Tim. Oh, thank you, Martha. I appreciate you having me on. Yeah. So I think that people who are coffee lovers and outdoor enthusiasts will immediately understand the connection between these two things. So like whether it's waking up in your tent or your cabin and starting your day in a beautiful setting with a good cup of coffee, going for coffee with friends after a run or a hike, or just having a cup of coffee out on the trail or in your backyard. I think the connection to, I think the connection to the, of the two is, is going to be obvious to a lot of people. Um, but maybe not everybody loves coffee, so maybe not. Um, <laughs> One of my favorite ways to enjoy a cup of coffee, especially this past year when socializing has been, socializing inside has been difficult, is to go for what I call a coffee walk where I meet some friends and we walk somewhere with our cups of coffee. And we're gonna dive deeper into the connection between coffee and being outside in a minute. But first, why don't you just tell us what brought you to Alaska and what kept you here? Yeah, um, well, I, I, I was sent here, I was sent here, I was sent here um, by my parents when I graduated high school, they made arrangements for me to come up here and work with some people they knew. And um, I came up and the family that I stayed with, they were, they did a lot of outdoor stuff. Um, and then I was into mountain biking. So, I mean, this was 30 something years ago. So there weren't as many mountain bike trails there are now, but um, it was cool up here compared to, I was, I'm from California. And um, so anyway, I went back to California after that summer and I was in uh, going to a junior college at the time and I was like you know I think I'm gonna go back and finish my accounting degree at UAA and so um so I loaded up a Volkswagen bus my brother and I drove up from California to Alaska and um and so I, I attended UAA I um, met some people along the way that were involved with the coffee and um after I went into a, a couple years of public accounting, because that was my degree. And then they said, hey, why don't you come by and uh, work on our, our books before you, I was gonna go back to California. And they said, before you go to California. So I, and that was Kaladi Brothers. And I jumped in and it was fun. And we were all like 23, 24 years old. And it, we couldn't do anything right, but we couldn't do anything wrong. And uh, it just was a, a great, it was just a lot of fun. And um, it hooked me in. But, but I love, I mean, coming up here and the reason to come up here from California after that summer was uh, how beautiful it was and, and the fishing and just being outdoors. And I just love it. I think your story is similar to a lot of people. They come yeah. and either they never leave or they come back and then never leave. Right. I've talked to a lot of people who have, who have a similar, a similar trajectory. 
Um, what is, what's your favorite way to get outside? Uh, you know, um, it's changed over the years, but I think right now, um, I like hiking. Um, and, and it could be, it could be the hiking when we've built, we're going fishing cause we'll hike up rivers or it could be, uh, we do a little hunting. So just hiking, we, we don't use four wheelers. So we're, we're hiking off into the mountains, um, or to our cabin, you know, just hiking back to this cabin is uh, amazing and you're alone and just, just the colors and the smells and everything that go along with it. So, um, I think, I think slowing it down and, and hiking is my favorite thing. Yeah, it's funny how that changes too. Like as you're, you know, different stages yeah. of life, you don't have to go outside and crush it every day. You know, you yeah. can go outside and do something a little bit more um, laid back and it's still, it's still an outdoor experience. And, and I still love the mountain biking and uh, of course trails are way better now. And, um, but, uh, and just different things, but uh, I don't know. But if I wanna just relax, just nice long walks are nice. <laughs> Yeah, I did a lot of hiking this past year. I mentioned coffee walks, um, but yeah. that's, you know, socializing outside. I, I ended up just going hiking with friends every weekend. And that was a great, that was a great way. I spent so much time in the Chugach and that's not something I've done that consistently before. So it, it was kind of nice to, to have that. Yeah, uh, we did too. And, and what I found this winter is like so many more trails in the wintertime. It's amazing, you know, uh, I I'm back up around the service area my house and um i've had there were a couple times we went out and i got on the trails and i know the general vicinity where i'm at but i haven't been on this trail before and i'm not sure where it's going to come out but um i'm not lost but it's kind of cool that you just like i don't really know how much more this is going to wind around before it pops out <laughs> yeah i think i think um that that tire biking has yeah. opened up a lot of trails too and there are some trails i my house backs up i'm in a similar location to you and it's kind of fun. I do look forward to winter or even just when it freezes because there's a lot of um, kind of swampy areas back there that you really can't access in yeah. easily in the summertime. So it's fun to get out and, and kind of get lost. You know, you know what trail you started on and kind of what direction you're going yeah. and you're like, oh, I guess I'll see where I, where I pop out. Exactly. Yeah, it's pretty fun. Yeah, it is. So the mission of Kaladi is to be a catalyst for community. And I personally can't think of any better way to build community than around coffee. And I do think that also the concept of community is important when you're speaking about being in the outdoors. Um, can you talk a little bit about how that mission came to be and what it means? Yeah, so, um, you know, I don't, probably, don't, probably around 92, 93, we, um, we had a group of us and back then we were much smaller and, and, and we all went actually rented a cabin, lock yourself up for a couple of days. And Mark Overly, who was um, our president at the time, he was like, you know, we, this needs to be more about more than coffee. And what is it, what does it mean? Um, and so we sat there and we talked about it and for quite a while. And, you know, one thing that we did see at our Brayton store, and that's really all we had at the time, I think we had maybe one other store, um, was you'd see people from all walks coming in and it was before, it was before cell phones and they used to talk to each other you know people were there talking to each other all the time and it was pretty cool and um you know coffee has a history of being um coffee shops anyway has a history of, of collecting people and sharing ideas and so the to be a catalyst for community uh, is where that that popped up we also did a few things back then 
with uh, the coffee community, um, which was Coffee Kids, uh, organization called Coffee Kids, where on January 1, we were trying to raise money, donated it to Coffee Kids, and then Coffee Kids International would set up these loans for coffee growing regions for people to um, start their farms and help out in these regions uh, for the farmers, you know, the locals there. So we were involved in that a little bit. So that's where it started. Um, and um, so it did, it started in a cabin, <laughs> kind of funny. Yeah. But, uh, how has it how has that evolved? Because you guys are involved in a lot of community. I mean, there's the obvious like community around the coffee in your coffee shops or at people's homes where people are taking their beans home and having coffee with friends and family. Um, how has that evolved for some of the like community events that you guys do? Yeah, so it started. We started doing a lot of events um, where just people would ask, "Hey, could you bring coffee here?" and um, we decided we wanted to bring more than we wanted to bring the espresso machines, you know, and start making drinks for people. And um, and really kind of just helping out. A lot of times it was we take like the women's run, and you have all those volunteers that go out there, and they're there at five thirty, six o'clock in the morning. You know, you don't see it, but there are people out there setting it all up. And and so our goal was uh, let's go out there and support those people who are putting on this event. And so we would go out there and make coffee drinks for them and, and, and it turned into many different events like that um, during the summertime that we would, we would do. Um, and, then, and then our New Year's Day thing, which is really our big signature event of the year, uh, you know, kicked on and we were just raising money for local kids charities uh, on New Year's Day. And, and luckily we were able to bring in some more uh, corporate sponsors on that day and, and really start to raise a decent amount of money for, for, um, for local uh, kids focused charities here in town. So um, it's, it's evolved that way. Um, we're really busy now with the outdoor events all last year. That was a bummer. We didn't, we, we couldn't do much. We couldn't even give away coffee really, you know, in the, in the crafts, but um, we did get our new year's day thing done, but uh, it's, it was a challenge. We're really yeah. looking forward. We already have a lot of things booked so this summer, so we're really looking forward to it. Great. I think everybody's looking forward to getting back to a little bit more of, of the usual business as usual. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think that um, coffee, like going along with community, obviously it's a catalyst for connections and conversation, both of which are a part of community. Um, and I certainly think that some of the best conversations that I've had are over coffee. Um, yeah. And there's something really comforting about the ritual of making and drinking coffee that feels very different than other habits or rituals because you can bring it with you almost anywhere you go. Mm -hmm. I think other than like brushing my teeth, drinking coffee in the morning is probably the only thing that I do anywhere that I am. It's the, the one thing that I do every day, no matter what. Um, so let's talk a little bit about how to bring your coffee ritual into the outdoors without necessarily sacrificing quality because there's certainly lots of options. Um, sure. And I think that you should strive to enjoy the best cup of coffee you can in whatever environment, however that, that looks. Um, and I know that not everybody feels that way and it's not always practical, but I think you could probably get a pretty great cup of quack, um, great quality cup of coffee almost anywhere that you are. So yeah. what is your favorite way to brew coffee when you're outside? My favorite way is using a, usually using, if I'm backpacking or if I'm, if I'm in that scenario, it's an Aeropress and it's a, 
kind of a plastic cylinder that you put your coffee in. It actually has a little filter similar to a French press. Um, you can, um, hey, it's, it's single serving for the most part. Um, so when I, when I'm uh, using my little jet boil and have, it can make two cups or four cups of coffee water in there, I think. And it, it's enough to make two good cups of coffee. So I, I do have all that dialed in like, okay, I need that much in my jet boil to make this thing. But um, AeroPress is a great way to go and just grind and get your coffee ground up right before you go on your trip. And um, I like it a lot. It's simple, it's clean. You can throw it in and you use it and chuck it back in your pack. It's, there's not a lot of cleanup at all to do with it. Um, um, I don't know, I like it a lot. The other way would be a Melita pour over, like, you know, you're just the basic plastic Melita um, filter cone with, uh, it's, it's, it works. It just works good. And, um, but um, I don't know, I'm an AeroPress person. I've been doing it a good 10 years now, so. Uh, I've had them on motorcycle trips and backpacking trips and fishing trips and uh, hunting, of course. And uh, yeah, they're just, and you can't break it. So that's the other thing. You know, that's French, important. You don't want to break that glass. So uh, no, this thing you can, you could probably throw it at something if you had to and it'd still be good. It's so. important to have multifunctional things with you when you're out, when you're out backpacking. Yeah, and I AeroPress, you know, you, you can go online and see all the different ways people use it. And um, I mean, you can really get close to a, eh, kind of close to an espresso shot out of that thing, or you can just steep it longer. And I mean, you can play with it all different ways. You know, it's, it's pretty neat. I mean, if you want to get fancy coffee out in the bush, then it's a, it's a good way to go. Yeah, and I think it's become more popular in the last, even just maybe five years. You, yeah. you said you've been doing it for almost 10 years, um, yeah. but I think probably in the last five years or so, it's become more well-known and popular. Yeah, I think they even have competitions for them now. Oh, wow. Yeah, it's pretty crazy. Yeah. Where is your favorite outdoor spot to enjoy your coffee? Um, it has been uh, on a, a lake called Swan Lake. Uh, it's about it's about 12 miles from the Alaska range okay. and it has a this cabin has a perfect we have to hike out to it or ski out to it in the winter but um, it has a beautiful beautiful view of Denali and Four Acre and Hunter and when it's when it's when it's clear um, it's amazing so uh, that's been a great you know just getting up and um, like you said the first thing you know fire up that coffee, fire up the water, you know, because we're going to have coffee. And it's just, it's, it's, uh, it is that ritual. It's that thing that it just sitting down and looking out the window in the win winter and it's like minus 10 outside and you can see this Alaska range and you have your little cup of coffee that's out of mugs that have been there for 30 years. It's, it's just, I don't know. It's hard to explain it. I haven't thought about it except the feeling that you get is great like the yeah. best feeling sitting there and warming up and firing up wood in the stove just to heat up the place. And it's, I don't know what it is. It's like, you bring all those little pieces, like, like you can say, like, I was thinking that earlier today is like, I used to mountain bike with some friends a long time ago. And uh, one of them did homebrew. And this was like way early homebrewing times. And um, I'm kind of giving my age out, but it's, you know, <laughs> like 30 something, 30 years ago. And, and, 
we would go and do like resurrection trail or one of those and um and getting back to the car and having a homebrew from the sky it was the best in the world it probably really wasn't the best <laughs> in the world but right then and there you know gosh it's the best and coffee's that way you know it's like when you're out and you get up out of your tent and you have a cup of coffee that's the it's the best you know yes. i don't know how to explain it it's just the setting and just it's great and one thing that i think is really interesting i mean i am a i'm a a uh, hardcore like I love coffee and I've never found anything that you know there's all these coffee substitutes and you know there's all this health information about oh don't drink coffee I have not found anything that makes that has that same feeling when you drink it right like it doesn't I don't know if it's the taste the mouthfeel just it, you can't replicate it no matter what you do like I've tried drinking tea I've tried you know coffee substitutes just out of curiosity and there's uh -huh. something about it that you absolutely cannot replicate it with anything else and I just think that's it's fascinating. Yeah. And, and sometimes I'll think people will, you know, you'll think it's caffeine, but I, I'll get up in the morning sometimes and just, I don't know, I might have a slight headache or it might just be something. I don't know. Not, I'm just feeling off. But the first sip, like the first sip of coffee, it changes. So it's not just caffeine. There's something else that, and, and uh, you know, it's just, uh, it is special. It is. It's a special thing. Not just from because I have a coffee company. It's just, it is. Right. No, I agree. Those people, those people in the mountains of Peru or wherever they first started, started making coffee, they really were onto something. Yeah, right. Exactly. Look at what they've created. Right. <laughs> yeah, it's amazing. It's like the second largest uh, traded commodity in the world. Yeah. Yeah. Something that I've talked a lot about with my guests lately is kind of the concept of being a beginner in the outdoors and starting to get outside in ways that are maybe less intimidating than something like going on a multi-day trek through the backcountry. So yeah. say someone is just getting started with camping and they're staying at a campground or a cabin and they want to bring their coffee ritual with them. You kind of touched on this already, but what would be the easiest way for them to do that? I, I think, uh, I really think that either of the pour over style, or, or Aeropress is the easiest. You, I was talking uh, with another gentleman here. He likes to use a, a percolator. And I think it's the nostalgia of a percolator that he really likes, but, but they're a little more complicated because you have to, you have to watch it. And if, if you don't want to burn your coffee and really destroy it by over percolating it, um, you got to be paying attention to it. Where Aeropress and a pour over, which are one, very cheap, and they work well, you can't break them, um, and then all you need to do is get bring pre-ground coffee. Um, I know we don't we're not big into pre-ground coffee as a company. We don't preach that, but you know when you're going out there and you really they have some hand grinders you can do, and there's some fancy stuff out there for people. Uh, if you're really into coffee, if that's what like your passion passion is. Um, you could bring hand grinders out there. You could bring kettles to do your pour overs. They even have, you know, battery scales. You can weigh out your water and all. I mean, it gets, and people do it. I mean, it's yeah. something you can do. But um, I, I, I personally think that's simple. I'm out there to enjoy uh, nature and, and uh, I want the simplicity and I don't want a lot of gear. So um, I think that that pour over, um, 
Melita or, a, or AeroPress. It's, it's really a cheap way and a really good way to produce coffee out, out camping. We actually, my family's cabin, we have an ancient percolator that I think makes pretty decent coffee, but it's, again, it's really not practical to haul around. And it's been there uh, probably oh. for 50 or more years. <laughs> so exactly. it's just always been there and that's how we have our coffee there. Right. Exactly. Yeah. And then yeah, we have one there, but it's, no, nah, I don't use it. <laughs> <laughs> I, um, I also, I went on a medical mission trip to Burkina Faso, West Africa in 2014 and I didn't know what the coffee situation there was going to be like so I ended up just getting one of those collapsible cones oh, like yeah. it's a little like rubber collapsible cone and yeah. a cloth and a cloth filter to bring yeah. and I brought it with me it took up no space I don't think I ended up using it there um but it was I've used it at home or elsewhere since and it it works great too the cloth right. filter is not my favorite because you have to clean it and if you don't yeah. rinse it out enough you can kind of get a funky taste but it really it works better than a lot of things Probably right. easier than a percolator too. Makes better coffee. Yeah, and and like you said, those things, those you know, those methods you can do at home. I mean, you can use them in your home every morning if that's what. It's not like only for the outdoors. It's uh, they're great. They're yeah. they're great methods to brew coffee. Um, let's talk a little bit about instant coffee, which I yeah. think has come a long way in recent years. It would not be my first choice, but I have certainly used it in many situations where it was more practical. And right. I, I mentioned this before we started recording. I actually have a friend who has a camper van and we went dip netting one year and I was sleeping in my car. So I visited the van the next morning for coffee and I was absolutely appalled to find out that he only ever had instant coffee in his van. So I bought him a mini French press for Christmas that year because I was like, you can't, you can't, how many times do you take this van out and you're drinking instant coffee every morning? Like that is not okay. So he has, now he has a French press for his van. Right. But, what situations would you say that instant coffee is a good option for? Well, the, the, you know what? There's a, there is this little resurgence of instant coffee happening out there. Um, yeah. we're, we're kind of curious on it. We've been playing around with different things too, but um, we don't have the technology to do it ourselves. But, um, but it, is, it is really nice if your weight is an issue and you want to cut down on weight or, or space, but mostly weight. Um, instant coffee, hands down, is, is a lightweight way to go. And um, I have a trip coming up this summer, which I think will probably bring instant coffee because I don't know if I, I don't know yet. It's a hard one to decide, but uh, it's a, it's like a four-day trip, five-day trip, and it's out of the, it's, uh, it, I got to travel to get there, so I don't know. We'll see. I just thought of that when you said instant. It's like, oh, what are we gonna do on that trip? I'm not really sure yet. You know. Um, but it is light and, and if you're a coffee drinker like me, who drinks it every morning, like you who drinks it every morning, you have to have your coffee. So sometimes you got to bite the bullet and do the instant and try to find, there are some good ones out there. So you know, let's search around for, for some good instants. Um, but yeah. What's the difference between like a regular instant coffee and the something like a Starbucks via? Because I, I, I've used the Starbucks before in a situation where I would rather drink that than like gross hotel coffee. Right. It, it, exactly. it, it honestly tastes better. Yeah. Yeah. There's, yeah, like you could pull there's coffee crystals. I think that's what I started drinking coffee back in college. But, uh, but yeah, I haven't, um, we've tried to be, uh, we've tried some other brands. Um, Smaller brands, lower 48 stuff. Um, some of them are all right. 
um, some of them, and I wish I could pull off some names right now. I just can't think of the names, but um, there really, there really is a, a, a kind of a resurgence of the whole instant, and they're trying to get better tasting coffee out of it. And I mean, in a pinch, I mean, Starbucks V, yeah, I'll take it for sure. Is, is that, do you think that the difference in taste is more due to the coffee that they, like the quality of the coffee they start yeah. with versus how they process it? Yes, exactly. I mean, I think, I think that whole process is, you know, getting them, uh, you know, selecting that coffee bean that's going to dehydrate well and taste well when you rehydrate it. So, um, you know, back in the old days, you know, I don't think that was really a huge concern. So, but, you know, people are trying to pay attention to the actual quality of it and, and what it actually tastes like, not just the convenience of it. So. Right. And again, we both mentioned this earlier that, the you know, coffee just tastes better when you're outside. So Absolutely. enjoying a mediocre cup of coffee in a beautiful setting is certainly better than enjoying a mediocre cup of coffee at home. Yes. And it may be tasting like the best cup of coffee when you're out there. Exactly. <laughs> it's, kind, it's kind of like that, like your, like your beer phenomenon, your homebrew phenomenon. Right. Same, right. same concept. When you're out there and you're working hard and then you're done and you're like, okay, this is going to be, this is going to be okay. And then it's just the best thing you've ever had. Same with yeah. food. Food is the same way. Yeah. You're out there, it's, you've, been, you've been hiking all day, it's cold, and then, yeah. I mean, hot water sounds good then, you know, but, right. but, but coffee, uh, yeah, it's great. Yeah. What about if you're in a situation where you need to make more than a single cup of coffee when you're out um, camping or backpacking? Do you have a good method for that? I know you said your um, AeroPress, you can probably do two good cups of coffee, but what if you have more, more coffee to make? Yeah. Um, well, I think I, I've always relied, I went on a trip. Um, I'm not giving you a lot of new information here, but I went on a trip with, on a motorcycle trip with, with four guys. And because I was the coffee guy, um, <laughs> I made coffee in the morning. I made coffee mid morning when we stopped. And I usually made coffee around three or four o'clock in the afternoon, you know, but, um, but because, because of the way that AeroPress works, as long as you have hot water rolling, you can make drinks pretty fast. And, um, but they do make some larger tones that you can probably get three cups or maybe even four cups out of one cone. Um, but it's larger, you know. I mean, if you're car camping, it's a great way to go. Uh, if if your if your space is limited, you know, that cone ends up being like six inches. It just gets to be bulky. Um, you have to so, stuff your socks in it so it doesn't take up as much space. Yeah, yeah, uh, exactly. <laughs> Um, but I don't know. I think, I think that, that just, uh, you, I don't know. I, I'm more, I lean towards more of the, just try to make them quick <laughs> and keep the quality going. And, uh, I, I really don't want to, I would not ever want to say, um, I wouldn't ever go to a percolator just because when it's bulky and it's just that the, it's, it doesn't, it's, it doesn't produce the, uh, a, a, a great cup of coffee because you're really heating up that water hot mm -hmm. and much hotter than you would in any other situation for uh, for brewing you know when, when i boil water i boil it but then it's you don't pour it directly and right away but it's maybe a few few seconds 30 seconds a minute later you start using it and then of course it's cooling off when you pour in and you're pouring slow and so it's not the 220 something degrees where water boils at uh, and perks that and right. 
it's a lot. So. Well, and it's more like a percolator is more like making tea out of coffee almost, right? Like it's not, you're not filtering the water through the coffee like you would be in a pour over. You're actually like boiling the water around the coffee. Yeah, exactly. And then and, and having it perk up and over and drain through. Yeah. It's, uh, it's hot. It's really yeah. hot. <laughs> Nothing like burnt, burnt tasting coffee because the water's yeah, too hot. It's <laughs> Do you, is there, do you get that, the, you're the coffee guy, so you're in charge of the coffee when you go on trips with other people? Does that, is that the pr a pressure that you get? All the time. And then, it, it, yeah, all the time. It's, it's, uh, it's, it's enjoyable. You know, I, 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 even with my family in the lower 48, you know, if I show up, it's like, okay, we're, where's the coffee, Tim? <laughs> What'd you bring? We're waiting. I did. I did the, um, a few years ago, it's been a few years now, your wife was actually on my Klondike Road Relay team and she was definitely in charge of the coffee. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I remember that. I think, I think she may have volunteered. I'm not entirely sure, but she was in charge of the coffee. Yeah. Yeah. Being, being working at Klondike Road, you just, I think, get sucked into that. You know, you're going to be the coffee person. Yeah. So it's and then the coffee person, right? It, it doesn't matter. You're, we're, you're always, you're on that and you're the first person on. Yeah. <laughs> I do always appreciate it when I go places with people and it's like, oh, you know, like, oh, do we, who, who's got the, you know, who's talking about the coffee? Do we have, does everybody drink coffee? And everybody's like, oh, of course we drink coffee. Like, let's, let's make a plan for the coffee. That's how right. you know you've got the right people. Yeah. Yeah. I get it. I get, I, I have a trip coming up with my, my uncles. We do this annual trip in California and with my dad and, um, and I just got the phone call. So what coffees are you bringing down? It's like, I'll bring coffee down. Don't worry. I'll, Don't worry about it. I'll have it. <laughs> what have I ever not brought the coffee? Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Um, kind of going back to the um, multiple multiple uh, cups of coffee, I would also say that if you're going to a place where you maybe don't have electricity, but carrying like a big cooler of food, like car camping or a cabin, um, there's actually a lot of great coffee concentrates that would be a good option too, because exactly. you can drink those, you can heat those up pretty easily. Um, yeah. You can make them stronger if, or I mean weaker if you need to, because they're pretty strong. Um, yeah. I think most of them come in glass bottles, so they're not great for like backpacking or anything like that. But I feel like if you have a cooler or an easy way to carry heavy stuff, yeah. those are, those would be a great option too, because you can make them hot or cold. Oh yeah, for sure. Or you can, uh, you can make a toddy at home even. And I guess I'm glad you said that because you could do a pour over toddy, which makes a cold brew coffee. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, keep it in a thermos and then cut it with hot water and make coffee out of it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's play around with it first, but yeah, it, it, you can do it for sure. And, Actually, and I, now that you say that, I think that the last time I went on a trip where I was with people, we were in a motorhome. I made cold brew coffee because it was like, what, well, we're not going to stop and boil water to make coffee in the middle of the day when we're trying to get to this place. So we had, we had our cold brew and it was great. And people diluted it or, or, you know, put whatever yeah. they wanted in it. Yeah. And now you can get, you know, even the cold brew in cans is a big, starting to be a big yep. thing. And we have one coming out pretty soon with the Nally Brewery, um, oh, wow. which is, we've worked with them before on it, but uh, it's, it's been a fun project. And uh, uh, yeah, cold brews, they're coming a long way. And there are also a fair number, you're right, a fair number of even like, um, like cold brew lattes in cans that are, that are very, very good. I mean, I don't, I don't think they replace the, you know, well-brewed morning cup of coffee, but if you're, you know, 
if space or weight isn't necessarily an issue and you need something that's not black coffee or coffee with cream in it, those are, I think those are great options. Yeah, exactly. And um, midday, they're great. You know? Yeah. I, I like them. Yeah. So what about people who are not black coffee drinkers? Because I personally love cream in my coffee. I don't need sugar, but I definitely need cream. Um, mm -hmm. How can people recreate maybe a more um, customized drink when they're in the outdoors? Wow. Um, well, car camping, car camping, you can definitely do it. I mean, car camping, if you're, you know, if, if you really want to go to the extreme, you can, uh, you can bring a little espresso machine and you can steam your milk and you can do everything even on a on a fire or on a burner you know because you have some machines that you do that or i mean if you were if, if you were motorhome in it or that kind of car camping you can always have a real electric express machine <laughs> well and a brewer and all that but um <laughs> but i think that they have um you know there's a uh it's it, it's a it's a unit, so kind of like a percolator, kind of works like a percolator where you can make espresso out of it. Um, can't think of the name, sorry, but uh, you can Google it, but, but you can heat it up over the fire and it also has a steam, uh, a steam one on it. So you I could steam milk um, off of your, uh, your, your little jet boiler or whatever you use for, for the stove. Yeah, I've seen that. I actually, I'm, I actually am looking back. I, I, I got a Facebook ad for it and I sent it to my dad because I thought, wow, that's cool. I'm, I'm looking back to see if I can find the brand. Um, I think it's like Italia or something. It's something Italian, I think. Yeah. I can't. I'm, it's, they've been around. They've been yeah. around forever. Yeah. It's pretty, it's a pretty slick. I mean, it's like about the size of a, um, yeah, it's like maybe a large mug. It's not exactly. huge. Yeah. I'm going to tell you right now. I think I got it. Okay. It's called, uh, uh, the one I was thinking of is a, a Bellini. Yes, that's I'll, that's. I'll spell it. Okay. B i a l e t t i. I think that's the one I saw as well. And um, yeah, that's and it has you can steam milk and you can do all kinds of stuff with it, you know. And then you bring your little shots of syrup and you can make your vanilla latte right there. And, Amongst the trees. <laughs> living, living large in the outdoors. Exactly. <laughs> what about, have you ever used, I, I don't know if you drink milk in your coffee or cream in your coffee, but have you ever used like powdered milk um, when you're out in the backcountry or anywhere where you don't have the ability, I mean, carrying like a little, a little container of yeah. liquid cream is not necessarily feasible. Right. I, I haven't. Um, I usually just drink the black. Yeah. And normally in town, you know, I, I, I drink my coffee with something. Um, either a skim milk or oat milk or something like that. But, um, but out there, it's that setting thing, you know, it's like black works just fine. It, it tastes good. And, yeah. um, um, I don't think about it really much out there, but, but if you were really into like the, the, a lot, you could bring powder milk. I mean, and you can use it for other things too, you know, so for your cereal or whatever, your oatmeal and whatever you make up. But, um, yeah, powdered milk would probably work just fine. Yeah, and I think it's, it's a good opportunity for people to maybe experiment a little bit too, you know, yeah. um, try it out at home and see what you think, although it might not be quite have the same, the same effect. Um, right. if, if you're worried about it, you can, a while ago, I decided I didn't want to drink, have sugar in my coffee anymore. So I just 
slowly over the course of several weeks reduced the amount of sugar that I put in my coffee and now it's, I don't even miss it. Yeah. So you could, you could also work yourself up to that black cup of coffee when you're going on a, going on a backpacking trip. Right. Exactly. And there's a lot of different, you know, there are a lot of different coffees too, that if you, you know, over time, just play around with trying different uh, varietals or different blends and they have different flavors. So you might find something that um, you don't feel like you need to cut it with milk or anything anymore that it gives you, you know, nice flavor that you like and, and it's just black coffee. I do think that that is, um, that is very, that's important, you know, drinking, finding good coffee makes a difference. So if you're used to drinking, you know, crummy, crummy Folgers brewed coffee and that's, you know, cause you drink that at work and you're like, oh, I don't really like coffee. Finding a good quality coffee um, and a variety that you like can make all the difference. Exactly. Cause it might not be that heavy, dark flavor. You, you know, you might, you might be used to that, but there's a lot of other coffees out there that are that are bright and, and citrusy and some of them you're like i've had coffees that um when i drink it 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 tastes that the taste the flavor profile is like fruity pebbles it's just like wow what is it where is this coming from but um yeah so there's a lot of different different coffees and different ways they produce coffee now so natural versus it's washed and and they produce different flavors and I've, I've even, I mean, coffee is even, you know, the different brewing methods are, are, you know, certain coffees are better for, for one brewing method versus another. So definitely experimenting and figuring out what you like and what tastes yeah. good to you. Exactly. Um, so I know we talked a little bit about this too, that things have been a little bit different this year in terms of events, but what um, this show is going to air, I think the second week in May, um, do you have any events coming up? Kaladi, do they have any events coming up that people should know about? We have, um, we do this every year. We do the bike blessing, which is, I think it's May 1st. Okay. Um, the, we do, we have like five or six of them set up in May. It's on a calendar, not in my, it's not in my office. So I can't see the calendar, but um, yeah, we will, you could pretty much bet on every, every weekend in the month of May, we have an event going on and probably during the week too, um, that we'll be attending. And we attend it. Now we bring a, a big red van, and um, it's a it's a it's cool because it's a it's a 1966 Chevy step van, and um, we got it out of New York. It used to be a chicken delivery van in Texas, and um, it's just cool because it's an old vehicle. You know, it's a uh, it, it's it's neat and it's it, it's just classic looking. Um, so people are really interested when they see that van roll up. It's it's uh, it's a different looking thing, and not it's not like your Sprinter vans or anything like that. It's right. just old and cool, and um, and then everything out of those. Whenever you do see that van, it's a free thing. So all that stuff goes out as in support of whatever event we're at. So um, but, is that yeah. are those events linked on the calendar on the website? I think they're all on the website now. I'll put a link. I'll put a link to that um, in the. Uh, notes for this episode on the alaskapublic.org page. There's an Outdoor Explorer page. So I'll put a link to the calendar there so people can check that out. Yeah. They can it's, stay uh, up to date on what you guys are doing. Yeah, we're looking forward to it. I know we have a bunch of uh, teacher appreciation uh, things too in May. So those are usually during the week though. And we'll run up through schools and stuff like that. Great. Try to get some schools in a day. It's kind of fun. Teachers definitely need to be appreciated this year. Yeah, what a year. Yeah. Ugh. Yeah. 
Well, Tim, thank you so much for taking the time to talk to me today. I hope that this was uh, interesting to our listeners. I feel like this was a great little like kind of parallel to what we usually talk about here on Outdoor Explorer. So thanks for being here. Oh, no problem at all. Anytime. You're listening to Outdoor Explorer on Alaska Public Media. Find the show anytime as a free podcast in the iTunes store or connect with us online at alaskapublic.org. continuing our conversation about coffee uh, and outdoors. And I have now got Gina Shively here with me. She is, she's been a guest on Outdoor Explorer before. We talked about sheep hunting and her journey to becoming a pilot. Um, We'll make sure that there's a link to our previous interview um, in the post on the Outdoor Explorer page at alaskapublic.org in case anyone missed that. Gina is a health coach and an avid outdoors woman. So welcome back to Outdoor Explorer, Gina. Thanks for having me again. Yeah. So for anybody that might not have heard our first interview, um, can you just share how you came to Alaska and what's kept you here? Yeah, um, I am from Wyoming and I came up just for the summer to get out of my hometown and I really just never left. I love it up here. Um, I really love sheep hunting and this is the best place to be for that and just general outdoorsy things. This is the place to be. So that's kind of how I stayed. <laughs> awesome. Um, how there's a lot of hunting in, uh, you said Wyoming, right? Not yes. I yeah. get Wyoming and Montana mixed up. For some reason. <laughs> I don't know why. Um, they're next like, to each other. Yeah. There's, there's a lot of hunting that happens in, um, Wyoming. How is that different kind of from what you, what you do up here? Um, growing up in Wyoming, there are backcountry opportunities, but typically when I hunted with my dad, they were mostly, you know, car camping trips and, to get a sheep tag is kind of a once in a lifetime thing for the most part. I think there's some special places in Montana. Um, but Alaska is really the only state that every year you can go sheep hunting. You can just get over the counter tags. Um, so Alaska is really special in that way. And just the amount of space we have and how remote you can go is really special. Um, the last time we talked, you were working on getting a check ride done with the ultimate goal of becoming a commercial pilot. And if I've been following things correctly, it sounds like your timeline and your path on all of that may have changed a little bit. Can you just give us a little bit of an update on what's going on there? Yeah, I'm still getting ready for a check ride. Um, I think that's my new life. <laughs> um, but I did, I don't remember when I talked to you, I did get my um, single engine and then my multi-engine commercial license. And now I'm preparing for my certified flight instructor. Um, and was that check ride. Was- was being coming a flight instructor has, isn't that kind of a shift from what kind of the path that you thought you were going to take? Yeah, it's a little bit of a shift. I knew that it was always a possibility. Um, but especially with the economy, what it is right now and air travel, what it is, it's really the best way to build time. And, um, as an instructor, you learn a lot more. It's a really great learning experience and I'm looking forward to sharing, you know, aviation with people, but it was a little bit of deviation, but I knew it was always a possibility. And I've kind of been, I've been following along on Instagram. Um, it sounds like you've had a little bit, it's been a little bit of a challenge to shift because you, you fly on the other side when you're, when you're teaching people. Right. And it sounds like that's been a little bit of a, of a, of an interesting um, shift for you. Yeah. I don't know if other people have as much trouble as I did, but 
just, you know, going over to the right side for whatever reason was a huge challenge for me. Fortunately, once you get it, you get it and it's not a problem, but it definitely took some practice, you know, I'm like, can I fly? I don't, I don't know, but yeah, it was a challenge for me. It's like driving the car on the other side. I don't know if you've ever been been to a country where you actually sit or on the other side of the car and drive on the other side of the road, but it's completely, it's very challenging. I, I haven't, maybe that would make me better, but yeah, it's like different hands and a different sight picture. So yeah, it's been very interesting. <laughs> yeah. At least when you're flying, you don't have to worry about turning into the appropriate, like you're not going to turn into oncoming traffic like you do when you, when you're driving a car on the other side of the road. That's very true. <laughs> yeah. Um, before we get to talking about coffee, cause that's what we're really here to talk about today. Um, can you share your, I think, I think we probably already know the answer to this. If anybody's heard the uh, previous episode, um, with you on it and kind of, you mentioned this a little bit earlier, but what's your favorite way to get outside? Sheep honey. Yeah. Yeah. That's the favorite way. <laughs> and then getting ready for sheep hunting. <laughs> what do you, what do you like about the getting ready part? Um, it's just kind of a good excuse to go for a hike, you know, it kind of gives your hike a purpose and I really like having goals and very goal oriented. So it's nice to have that ultimate goal of being ready for a sheep hunt while also just being outside is always great. Yeah. So you're a coffee lover. We've had some conversations about this on Instagram (laughs) and getting a good cup of coffee in the back country can be tricky. Um, my guest in the previous segment, Tim, he shared that his preferred method of brewing coffee in the back country is an AeroPress. Um, so what is your favorite way to brew coffee in the back country? Because I think like most coffee lovers, there's a definite balance between convenience and taste. Yes, for sure. And how much you want to carry and the mess you want to deal with. Um, Right now, my favorite way to drink coffee remotely is these little steep packets. It's kind of like a tea bag, um, but it brews really good coffee. Um, Yeah. And you, um, there's a local, you get them from a local, a local brand. Yeah. um, There's a local brand Genesis coffee lab that roasts um, single origin Ethiopian coffee up here. They make really good coffee. I think they were just rated or ranked like top 2%. Um, I don't really understand that, but it's delicious. Um, and they have these little, they send their coffee off to, I think, a packer that does these little cool packages that are, you know, they're biodegradable. I usually pack them out anyway, but it's like, it's like a tea bag basically. And I've been really happy with that quality of coffee. Awesome. Um, coffee certainly tastes better when you're enjoying it outside in a beautiful place, yes. but you don't want to risk too much by brewing a bad cup of coffee. No, no. And this is definitely like several steps above like the instant coffee that you typically bring. Yeah. And, and in the previous segment, we did talk a little bit about, um, instant coffee and kind of how that some of those have come a long way. Um, yes. Like those star- sure. Starbucks via packets are pretty mm-hmm. good in a pinch, um, again, depending on how much you want to carry, but I would imagine that these steep packets aren't much more and don't create much more trash than just a little, the same, you know, instant coffee packet. Yeah. They're a little bit bigger, but not a lot bigger. And I found that it was pretty worth it. My husband was kind of skeptical at first and then he tried it. (laughs) Um, and so I find I kind of do like a balance. I have like my really good cup of coffee with the steep and then Sometimes I still bring instant coffee when I just need caffeine, you know, when I on the go or I don't know, my third cup of coffee or whatever. Um, but I like having that first really good, yummy cup of coffee. So it's yeah. kind of finding a balance. Yeah. 
what other methods, um, you did mention instant coffee, but what other methods have you tried for brewing coffee in the back country? Have you tried anything else? Um, I think I used to have like a little jet boil French press, mm-hmm. um, which is nice. It's, it's kind of messy. And when you're using your jet boil for other things, you don't always want it to taste like coffee. Um, it is pretty light, but then your dinner sometimes tastes like coffee, depending on how well you were able to clean it out and if water is available. Cause sometimes when you're sheep hunting water is kind of scarce. Um, when I'm camping, I still bring, you know, like a French press so I can drink lots of good coffee, but mostly backcountry stuff. I originally just did the instant coffee. Okay. Do you have a, did you try any different brands? Did you find one that you liked better or like a, a, a way of making it that was easier versus? Yeah. Um, I do like the Starbucks vias. Those are nice. I have also, when I'm in the backcountry and I'm trying to you know, bring as much fat as possible. I usually do like a yummy cup of coffee. And then my second cup of coffee is like a really fatty coffee with protein. And that I just use like a store name brand instant coffee because there's so much other stuff in there. You can't really taste it. Um, so I have just done that too. And then there's not extra packaging. Can you talk a little bit more, um, about your, your, I don't know. Did you call it your fatty coffee? I can't remember what yeah. you called it. Yeah. Can you talk yeah. a little bit? I know we talked about this last time a little bit. Um, but for anybody who hasn't heard that show, um, can you just share a little bit about how you do that since you take more of a low carb approach to your, your nutrition in the back country? Yeah. Um, when I'm sheep hunting, I find that I perform really well when I eat high fat and also fat has over twice as many calories per gram. So it makes it really ideal for, um, sheep hunting because you can decrease the weight in your pack and I just feel better, which is always good. Um, so I, after my plain cup of coffee, cause it's really hard to drink a 500 calorie cup of coffee. First thing in the morning, I need to like wake up a little bit, but my second cup of coffee, um, I usually do like some sort of powdered fat. You can buy like powdered creamers, like coconut and MCT oil and, and things like that. And then I also usually add whey protein and some collagen. So I'm getting a little bit of protein but most of the calories are coming for fat. So it's about 500 calories. Um, and it tastes pretty good, but yeah, it's just, I need to wake up first before I do that. Yeah. That seems like a really good way. Um, I have a friend who has some friends who are hiking the, uh, Pacific crest trail this summer and they were talking oh, yeah. about their struggle to pack enough, even, even just in between their food drops to get enough food. And it was like, we're going to have to eat a lot of fat, like nut butter and, and like, what, what can we find that has the most calories and is in the smallest package? And yes. Really struggling with that. I meant, I, I should tell them about your fatty coffee mix. Yeah. It packs down surprisingly small and it's really light for 500 calories. And it's nice. Cause you can just have like your portable coffee cup that you bring with you. And so you can just sip on it throughout the morning and yeah, do you make it in, um, do you like pack one big bag and just scoop servings or do you make it in individual yeah. servings? I do individual servings. I don't, that way it's all the work's kind of taken care of. Um, so I do like the snack size baggies and yeah, I'll put like one day's worth in that. Um, what is your favorite spot to have coffee in the outdoors? Like, mm. Do you have a specific place that you're like, I just really remember enjoying this or a place that you like to go to drink your coffee? Um, I mean, when you're sheep hunting, you're just surrounded by incredibly beautiful views. So, and I'm a morning person. So I kind of like when like the sun is kind of coming up or, you know, it's like the early morning when it's crisp and it's still really still. And sometimes your hunting partners aren't up yet. And it's just like quiet and you have like the good view overlooking, you know, the valleys. And I really enjoy that. And that again, makes your coffee taste better, obviously too. Uh, yeah. Yes, for sure. Yeah. It's a coffee's a whole experience to me. It's not just like a 
you know, a drink. Yeah. And, it, and in the previous part of the show, um, we, Tim and I also talked about that. He it was, we, it's like coffee is, um, it's a social thing. It's a, mm-hmm. you know, it's a, it's a community thing. It's also, I, I talk about how, um, I, I go on coffee walks with my friends, especially right oh, now nice. when we're, you, where we're like socializing a lot outside. So like we go get our yeah. coffee and we go on a walk or a hike. Um, but yeah, I, I definitely, it's, there's something about coffee that's not replicated in other beverages and it's, yeah. it's, it's almost impossible to, to, to pinpoint it. But anybody that you say that to who likes coffee is like, I know exactly to- what you mean. Totally. Yeah. Like here, when I'm at home, like I love picking out my special mug for the day. It's like a whole experience. And well, that's one thing I like about Genesis coffee too, is I've met the owner and they're super nice people and they're doing like really great things in Ethiopia. So I feel like I'm supporting them, you know? And so like when I drink their coffee, it's like, it's part of the whole experience. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I don't know if you've ever tried any coffee replacements, just, you know, you, I go through these phases where I'm like, oh, like I, I drink a little too much. I don't drink that much coffee, but you know, (laughs) you get a little addicted to caffeine and it's like, okay, you know, maybe I should cut back. I have never found anything that, that satisfies my morning beverage routine. Like coffee does, like it doesn't matter what it tastes like. If it tastes good, it's still not the same as drinking coffee in the morning. It's not coffee. I always try to cut down on caffeine before sheep hunts because Mm -hmm. I drink a lot of coffee and I know that I'm not gonna be able to have like my four cups of coffee in the mountains. And so the month before I always start using decaf and I've found like one branded decaf that I do like. Um, but you're like, this is not the same. (laughs) It's really hard to describe, but I feel like everybody who understands, everybody who knows about it knows about it. Yeah. They're like, Oh, you can drink tea. And you're like, it's not the same. (laughs) same. It really isn't. If you are, um, like going to a coffee shop instead of making coffee at home, what's your favorite coffee drink? I like Americanos. Yeah. And do you um, prefer iced or hot coffee? I typically prefer hot coffee. Um, sometimes in the summer I switch over, but I think it's really hard to beat a iced Americano. I mean, not iced, <laughs> sorry. Um, I think it's really hard to beat like a hot Americano with like a splash of cream. Yeah. I am an iced coffee person. Oh, much year round. Yeah. I much, I don't, in the wintertime, I don't drink iced coffee quite as much. Um, mm-hmm. like I'll have my morning cup of coffee be a hot cup of coffee. Cause that's very satisfying when it's cold outside and you just get up yeah. and you sit under your blanket on the couch and you enjoy your warm cup of coffee. Um, but I tend to, I do tend to drink iced coffee most, most of the year, just cause there, it just tastes better to me. That's interesting. Do you do cold brew or coffee that's warm brew and then iced? So at home we have an espresso machine. So I do, um, like I'll pull two shots of espresso and then put it like put cream and ice in it. So it's a hot brewed. Um, sometimes I'll make like in the summertime, sometimes I'll make cold brew Mm -hmm. so that I have it on hand and it's easy and it's quick. Um, sometimes I make decaf cold brew because yeah. Again, <laughs> I like, I like the way coffee tastes, but I don't necessarily need to get amped up on four cups of coffee, caffeine every day. Um, yeah. So sometimes I'll do cold brew, but I, I like, I prefer like an Americano is definitely my drink of choice too. Um, mm-hmm. but I prefer, I prefer the espresso shots versus like cold brew. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. Um, all right. Well, is there anything else that you want to share about coffee today? <laughs> oh, I don't know. I mean, it's such a big subject yeah, yeah. <laughs> that I love. Yeah. <laughs> I don't, yeah. I don't know. Um, yeah. I've been pretty excited about some of the local roasters. Mm-hmm. I think Alaska has a really great coffee community and I love that there's like huts everywhere. So I've just been really appreciating that, you know, every time I travel, I'm like, where's your coffee? But yeah. And I'm excited. The coffee shops are now 
back open so I can meet people there or go study. So I've been thinking about that and how grateful I am that coffee shops are open again. Yeah. You don't have to go. I think last time we talked about how you went, you took yourself camping so that you could study. Mm -hmm. You went on a study camping retreat. Now you can go, go, go to your coffee shop and study. Yeah. I, it's going to be hard. I don't think I'll ever stop doing the solo camping thing. I really, really like that. Um, especially before a check ride, but it's nice to just like five couple hours, just go to a coffee shop. Now I'm not like stuck in my car trying to block out my children. (laughs) Yeah. I bet that's challenging to try to get all that studying done with kiddos home. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. They're pretty loud. (laughs) Awesome. Well, thank you so much for taking a little bit of time to talk about coffee, um, especially coffee in the backcountry. I hope that people will find that useful. Um, I'll be sure to link to your um, Instagram and your website and um, I can provide a link to, oh, that was my, uh, one other question was, where did you say, you told me um, that you can get those coffee steep packets locally? Yeah, um, Barney Sports Chalet okay. carries them. And they actually just branded like a co-branded one. So now they have a light roast and light roast has more caffeine. So if you're okay. looking for good caffeine, um, they have a new um, like packet of those and you can get those at Barney's. I think they're also at three bears, Alaska. I've never been there and they have a tasting shop in Wasilla that you can just stop by. Okay. And, get some. and then and you, online. Yeah. I was gonna say, you can also order that online. So I'll put a link to the, um, I think I can put a link to the Genesis coffee website. Um, so people can check that out if they're interested. Yeah, for sure. Awesome. Well, thanks for being, <laughs> yeah. Thanks for being here today. Of course. That's it for today's show. Thank you to my guests, Tim Gravel and Gina Shively. You can find links to the Kaladi Community Events Calendar, Gina's Instagram and website, and some additional information about some of the many coffee brewing options we discussed on this show on the Outdoor Explorer page at alaskapublic.org. If you're a fellow coffee lover, stop by the Outdoor Explorer Facebook page and share a photo of your favorite place to enjoy your coffee in the outdoors. Thank you to our producer, Eric Bork, And from all of our hosts here at Outdoor Explorer, thank you for listening, and we'll see you outside. Outdoor Explorer is a production of KSKA Public Radio in Anchorage, Alaska. Theme music is by Portugal, the man. Views expressed are those of the participants and do not reflect the station or its underwriters. You can find Outdoor Explorer on Facebook and in your favorite podcast app. To see what's coming up on Outdoor Explorer and add your voice to the conversation, go to our website at alaskapublic.org. Life Informed. This is Alaska Public Media.